Hallelujah. I'm thankful that he still hears and answers prayer. In case you're wondering and doubt this morning, he still hears and answers prayer. There's people in this room that I got news for you. Let me give you a news flash. Right now you're sitting in your mind thinking, I don't believe this junk. That's fine. That's fine. But there's some people in this room in that condition that you need to understand something. Because see, he sees, hears, and answers prayer, and he's a miracle worker. Whether you believe he is or don't believe he is, he is. And here's what I want somebody in this room needs to hear. And it's going to speak directly to you. You are sitting in this room alive. You're not in jail, prison, the hospital, or the graveyard. Because somebody is praying for you. I'll say it again. And let me tell you, it's cutting through. The Word of God cuts through to, some, to the heart. The day of Pentecost, it says they were cut to the heart. He says that the Word is living and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of the joints and the marrow, the soul and the spirit, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God's coming to someone in this room this morning. It's, it's real to you that I've been, I've been rebellious. I've been prideful. I've rejected God. But this morning, sitting there in your, in your unbelieving, prideful state, it's quickened to your heart, made alive to you this morning that you are only here and alive because somebody has prayed for you. Hear me. That's why. And it is, a, it's not, it is the mercy and grace of God that he gives you the opportunity to set the record straight and to come to him. <laughs> Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3 is where we're going to read from this morning. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 says, And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Who is the Amen, the faithful? The, wit, the true witness, the beginning of the creation God. It's not a thing, it's a he. It's, speaking of, it's, it's written in red in your Bible. It's him. He's the amen. Do you know that? He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. He is the amen. The amen means the so be it. 
the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Remember, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Jesus says to the church at Laodicea, I know your works. That you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, he gave you the reason. Do you understand? Do you see what the because is tied to? Because you say, who's the you? The church. Because you say, I'm rich. I've become wealthy. And I have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you, Jesus speaking, to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich. And white garments that you may be clothed. That the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. Do you hear the heart of God? He said you're poor, you're wretched, you're blind, and you're naked. But his counsel is to come to me. And buy of me fine gold. I'll remind you that Isaiah says come and buy Without price. The price has already been paid. He's not asking for your money. He's asking for you. He said the condition that you're in, but he's the remedy. Do you hear me? He is the antidote. He is the remedy. And they're naked. He's already told them. Say, what are you talking about? Remember in the fall, before the fall, that God came down and walked in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve, face to face, and in person. But when they fell, they covered themselves in fig leaves and they hid from God when they heard him coming. And he said, Adam, what have you done? He said, I was afraid. He said, why? He said, because I'm naked. And God said, who told you that? Fallen man is laid bare before God from the fall. He says, you're poor, you're wretched, you're blind, you're naked. Come by me. I counsel you. He said, I'm, I'm giving you the answer. I counsel you to come by with fine gold. That you may be rich. He's not talking about Kenneth Copeland junk. <laughs> He's talking about that you have the treasures of heaven. 
that you have access to his father that owns the cattle of a thousand hills. The one that has gone to, that created this creation in six days by speaking it into existence but went away to prepare a place for you and I over 2,000 years ago building a city that has gold streets so transparent that they're like glass. That has walls like jasper. Gates of one pearl. <laughs> the riches of this world are nothing to him. What we treasure, he uses for asphalt. <laughs> and look at what he says before I even finish reading the text. He said, buy so that you can have white garments. That you're clothed. There's a reason that the shame of your nakedness should not be revealed. He'd rather cover you. Somebody hear me. He'd rather cover you and clothe you than expose you. He's telling the church, I'd rather cover you again than expose you in your nakedness. That's your shame. It's a shame. When God's people are unrepentant, it's a shame. He says, and that you anoint your eyes with eyes that you might see. Jesus still speaking, he says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. In case you miss it, Laodicea was a real church at the time. It was a literal body of believers. But it also speaks to the church age and in order. The last two churches, the churches of Philadelphia, it's the faithful church, and the, and the Laodicean church was the apostate church, and they both operate at the same time. And Jesus is still crying out to the whosoever will of the backslidden, blind, poor, and naked church. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Make no mistake, he's on the outside of it. Not on the inside. Have you ever knocked on the door from the inside? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He would love to be back in. If anyone, somebody say it. Anyone, somebody say it. If anyone, one more time. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door. If the preacher opens the door, well, he's an anyone. Anyone, if anyone opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me to him who overcomes to him who overcomes 
I will grant to sit with me on my throne. I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear. Not everybody that hears this message today are going to hear the message. Maurice Phil, I'm preaching to us as a corporate body. I'm preaching to us individually as people. I'm preaching to the world through a camera. I'm preaching to the church today. The church. His church. The church. Not a denomination. Not to Rome. Not to, not to Springfield. Not to, not to Cleveland, Tennessee. To the church. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Heavenly Father, I need you this hour. Help me, I pray. Let me articulate what you would say. Lord, let your word do its work by the power of your Spirit. Let me step into the background and you step forward. Use me, I pray today, and I will give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I was sitting in a service night before last in Baton Rouge, minding my own business. The worship was going on, and it was a great service. And I was involved in the worship. I wasn't checked out. And in a moment between songs, the Spirit of God spoke to me very clearly. And it shocked me what he said, and it made me say, huh? I thought, was that, is that you? Oh, I knew it was him, but sometimes the things he says makes you question. When I tell you what he said, you're going to say, huh? In that service, the Spirit of God spoke to my soul and said, the emperor has no clothes. I said, what? And from that point forward, I began to ponder it every opportunity. Before I could even leave the building, he said, my people are blind. They're poor. They're wretched. And they're naked. I counseled them to buy of me. He said, the emperor has no clothes. If you know anything about that statement, many of you are already in your mind hearing the account of the the tale from Hans Christian Andersen about a king that loved clothes, that was so full of pride and all he thought about was finery and garments and and, and he wrote that he, he loved clothes and finery so much that he would change clothes even every hour and then leave and parade through the town so the people could look at him. Look at me. Look 
at all these fine things that I have. Do you say that you're rich and increased in goods and in need of nothing? Look at me. And the story goes on that it became such a known thing of the king and his fineries and his, and his garments that, and, and the patterns and the colors and the fabrics and, and, it, and there was no end to it. It was, it, it, it was excess and it was, and it was pride and it was overwhelming and it was oppressive. That two con artists caught wind of it. And they came to the palace and they came to the gate and they said, we need to see the king. And they said, why? And they said, we, hear, we know he loves fabric. We know he loves clothes. We know he loves finery. He said, we, have fi- we, we can weave fabric so fine and so beautiful and so, and so grand that it's so, that it's so lightweight you can almost not know what's there. And it's so, and, and it's so special that, 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 that the fools and the ignorant can't even see it. They said, well, go tell the king. And they told him, they said, bring him to me. And they brought him to the king and he told they went through their spiel. We can make, it's so lightweight, it's grand. The world's never seen anything like it. It's so much that only the, only the most refined eye can get its full beauty. But a fool can't even see it. And the ignorant, y'all remember the story. And the king said, I must have it. I must have it. I must have it. Give them everything they want. There's unlimited resources. Give them everything they want. I must have it. And they went. And the the king set up looms in the palace. And they they worked. And you could hear the looms clacking and and moving day and night. And and he was so excited that he sent sent his his main attendant. He says, go get a look at it. I want to know about it. And he went down there and he looked through the gates and said, the king wants me to see the fabric. I said, oh, yes, come in, come in, come in. And they were working in nothing. And they held up the air and said, look at it. Have you seen anything like it before? And, the, and, his, and his eyes grow wide and he thinks, I don't see anything. But I can't be thought a fool and ignorant. I'll go tell the king how beautiful it is. This, I've never seen anything like it. And he went to the king and said, he said, how was it? He said, king, it's, it's exquisite. You're going to be so pleased. You've never seen anything like it. And the days go by and day and night. And in the meantime, the king has given them gold thread and silver thread and fineries and the finest silks in the world. And they're stacking it up while they're weaving the air. And he was so excited, he sent another down. Go look at it and come tell me about it. I want to hear what you think about it. And he went down there, same story. They came, oh, come in, come in, come in. And they hold up the air. And they're thinking in their mind, I don't see anything. But I can't admit that because it says only the fools and the ignorant can't see it. It's so fine. I can't have the king thinking I'll lose my job. He'll leave, I have to leave the kingdom. He'll think I'm a fool and I'm ignorant. I'll go back and tell him it's the finest thing I've ever seen. And finally the day came the king couldn't resist any longer and he had to go see himself. And he came down to where they were working day and night and night and day making the machine. 
It's amazing how much they can work the machine and not do anything. Isn't that amazing? Anything you need. And they brought him in, and the king, he said, he said Sir, your highness, your cloak, and your pants are ready. And they pull it out and hold him up. And in his mind, he thinks, I don't see anything. But if I admit that, my people will think I'm a fool. And I'm ignorant. And I'm no longer fit to serve and reign as their king. He said, it's the prettiest, most beautiful, most exquisite fabric I've ever seen. He takes his clothes off, his outer garments, down to his undergarments. And they begin to motion like they're putting it on him. They say, oh, sire. It fits like a glove. Never has there been so grand an outfit. Never has there been such a great fit. How does it feel? He said, it's the best fitting clothes I've ever worn. It's almost like they're not there. It's all, they, they, it, 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 everything is perfect. I must wear my outfit to the grand procession so everybody can see my finery. So they leave out, and the king leaves the parade in his underwear. Proudly. And the crowds are in shock and in awe, but nobody says anything lest they be thought a fool and ignorant. And finally, a child sticks his head out from behind the crowd and says, the king doesn't have any clothes on. The emperor has no clothes. And one by one, the crowd begins to swell, chanting, the emperor has no clothes. The emperor has no clothes. The emperor has no clothes. And he becomes so embarrassed and aware of his foolishness. But even still yet, he was left with, he thought, the only choice was to keep walking in pride and not acknowledging that he was naked before everyone. The emperor, church, has no clothes. I want to say something up front. Freedom is not measured by what? You can say. Freedom is measured by what you can't say. I don't think you heard me. You need to hear me, not just America, but in the church. The Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, there's liberty. Freedom is God's idea. In the church, in America, in the family, 
Freedom is not measured by what you can say. Freedom is measured by what you can't say. That is on full display all around you today. The things, we call it popularly cancel culture. When you say something that a group can't agree with, they will shut you down, ostracize you, shut you out, move you out, cancel your very existence. You think that is a Hollywood and media scenario. That is a cultural scenario across the board and in the church. The emperor has no clothes. In the political realm today, our leadership, the mantra and the media and all the surrounding is that you are doing better than you've ever done. Inflation is not out of control. You're doing well. Your groceries don't cost you a third more than they did a few years ago. If you notice that it takes more fuel to go somewhere, everything's great. It's the finest fabric I've ever seen. It's exquisite. Just look at it. I'm for you while I'm doing everything in the world to destroy you and break you. And our allegiances and our alliances have become so that lest people think that we're what you're one of them. Remember the fabric uh, is so fine that, uh, that uh, the only people that can't see it are fools and the ignorant. What's wrong with you? You must be a fool. Everything's great. Everything's fine. Can't you see it? We're going to help you. We're going to re-engineer ceiling fans where they'll cost four times more than they do because it'll save $2.30 a month on your electric bill. And that fan will have to last 150 years for you to make up the difference, but you are so much better off. I remember when my four-pack of light bulbs was about $2. But the new light bulb is going to last 30 years. And even though it costs $12 a piece, they're guaranteed for 30 years. Y'all remember that poppycock? They're still trying to tell you that. We're going to save you so much money and so much energy that you can afford this. The last time I bought a pack of light bulbs, I wanted to fall out on the floor. And by the way, has anybody's light bulb Anybody, anywhere, has anybody's light bulb lasted a year? And by the way, did your electric bill go down? I'm just checking. I'm just checking. Look at it. Look at it. It's fine. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. 
The finest value. The only people that can't see are the fools and the ignorant. We're a sanctuary city, but by God, don't send any immigrants here. Do you want me to fall out? Say, you're getting on a political stuff. No, I'm getting on, open your eyes. I'm getting them, open your eyes. I'm getting them, open your eyes. Quit saying, oh, it's beautiful. It's great. I don't want people to think I'm a fool and ignorant. Do you feel ignorant when you write the check? Do you, figure, do you feel ignorant when you get a raise and there's still less money? At the, you still got more month than there is money? Do you feel ignorant when they're telling you you're, you're better off than you've ever been, but you're wondering how that can you Somebody in this room, you wonder, what's wrong with me? It's a, everybody's better off than they were, but I'm barely making it. What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you other than you need to, somebody needs to stick their head around the corner and say, the emperor is naked. He's naked. I don't mean to be unkind, but we got a president that don't even know where he's at. And I don't mean it unkind. That's not a partisan statement. I think it's cruel. I think it's cruel. I do. I think it's cruel. His family should take care of him. Instead of trotting him out and making a fool of him and then saying, you, you know what, by the way, you didn't see that. Are anybody hearing me? Is anybody hearing me? You didn't see that. You didn't see that. Our cities are safer than they've ever been. While right here in the Golden Triangle, Port Arthur and Beaumont have a murder a week, minimum. And Chicago has 60 a weekend. Open your eyes. Oh, I'll, I'll remind you, it's not a party problem. It's a people problem. It's a people problem. It's a people problem. You know what's true. And you're not ignorant. You're not blind. You're silent. You want people to like you. While we're destroying ourselves. While the church is preaching seven mountains of influence. Oh, let me open, let me open up a can of worms right quick. <laughs> We're supposed to be preparing a people for heaven, not preparing an earth. Most of us missed it. The church has been calling out, telling people that, that we're supposed to be making, taking over the government and taking over the, the media and taking over finances and taking over education and taking over... Ta and there's nothing about that in the book. The seven mountains of influence, let me... Let me oh, I'm, I'm, I'm about to, to absolutely string some people up. They're, they're going to hate me. That's not Jesus' idea. 
That is Karl Marx's idea. Hear me. That when everything's brought under the central control of, of a central place, that is Karl Marx's idea, not the Word of God's idea. My people think they're rich and increase the goods and they need them nothing. But I say to you, you're poor, you're wretched, you're blind, and you're, ne and you're naked. I counsel you to buy of me the fine gold that you can purchase. Clothing, a white garment to cover your shame. I pray, that, what did Jesus say? That you would anoint your eyes with eyesalve so that you can see. Open your eyes. I got good news right here this morning. There is still a balm in Gilead. There is still a salve that will heal that is the remedy. There is still an answer to the problem. <laughs> Hallelujah. I thank God that he's still knocking. I thank God that he's still knocking. I thank God that he's still knocking. I've never been an attacker. Hear me. We have got to admit we're throwing millions and billions and billions of dollars at our education system and it is getting worse and worse and worse and worse by the day. We're not allowed to say that. Freedom is marked by not what you can say, but by what you can't say. And we cannot, we're not allowed to say that lest you are a, a public school hater. You're a teacher hater. You're, you are wrong. My wife is an educator by trade, by calling. We put our whole life into education and, and teaching people right and wrong and how to live. But we're come to the place where we're saying we put all this money and all this influence and, it's, and our schools are war zones and they're chaos and people are looking for options everywhere to get them out and when you say anything they say you're the fool, you're the relic you're the problem and I got news for you the emperor has no clothes he's naked somebody speak up he's naked To all of my preaching colleagues, with your fire this post and your powerful service that post, I pray that the fire falls in your church and that it's a powerful service. But I watch it everywhere. And you go show up, they're advertising loaves of hot bread. You know, Jesus is the bread of life. And when you get there, it's the same cold crumbs on the floor that were left by the last generation that would pray until fire fell. And we have, you want to talk about a generation, we have a generation that is not fooled by your rhetoric. They're not looking to be entertained. 
Do you want to know what this group that usually is filling up this place? I watched them watch, worship God in spirit and in truth over the weekend. Finally, they're not looking for entertainment. They're looking for an encounter with the living God through the power of His Word and His Spirit. We've criticized the millennials and the Zers. Uh, I'm an Xer. Boomers. Who do you think raised them? The things of God were never important to you, but you thought you were going to raise godly kids. It doesn't work that way. You thought they were never going to be addicted when they saw your stash in the back of the refrigerator or in your glove compartment. And then you wonder how they got where they were. When you're talking in platitudes, but you're living in living color right in front of them. There's a gen- I've seen something. There's a generation that wants truth. They're pushing back against everything because everything has been a- an image. An empty shell. Finery that cannot be seen. They don't believe it because they can't see it. In church, in the home, in our lives, the emperor has no clothes. We want, denom- we want a denominational leadership, church leadership all over the world wants to believe that they're, 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 they're ready for revival. Some of you were here on Sunday morning a few a year or so ago when I said something that I couldn't believe when I said it that I said it. If you're your first Sunday here, don't panic. I'm an equal opportunity offender and I'll get to us in just a minute. I'm not talking about, I'm not picking on memo or anybody else. I'm talking about the state of where we're at. It started out with the Roman Catholic Church for decades and, and centuries of sexual abuse covered up that cost billions when it was finally exposed. And the Protestant world was cheering and jeering as it happened. All the while, I said about a year and a half ago, I said within three years the Southern Baptist Convention is going to fall apart. I said it from this pulpit, and when I said it, it shocked me. It shocked me. And within months, they were falling apart. That gives me no pleasure. We need people. The Baptists have put more people in heaven than anybody I know. They're soul winners. Hear me, they're soul winners. Hear me, they're soul winners. Their people people have traditionally been soul winners. Hear me. 
But they allowed in their silence for their leadership to become so corrupt that it's about destroyed them. This week, the third president of their executive committee, the, ex- the highest position in the fellowship, had to resign in disgrace again. The third one in a row. Ready for revival? The emperor has no clothes. Don't you dare come out of COVID and two years of shutdown, Springfield, that you encouraged, and then come and try to impress me with our growth statistics in the last three years. Did you hear me? We're growing again. From pandemic numbers. (laughs) People are getting saved again. From pandemic numbers. We have more percentages of being baptized in the Holy Spirit than in years. From pandemic numbers. We're healthy. We look wonderful. It's all good. Look at our outfit. We're the greatest thing. We are the, I'm talking about us. We're the greatest thing that ever hit the face of the earth. Don't you know that? Are you hearing me at all? All the while, everybody in the room knows that our own sins are being exposed as we speak. We're praying for the abusers and ignoring the abused. I will not get off of it. I will not get off of it. You know why? Because if I'm the only little kid that sticks his head out from behind the grown-up's legs that know better than me and says, the emperor has no clothes. I got to tell you that God is not going to move in that mess. He's not going to move in that mess, Mauriceville All Gospel Church. Somebody has got to say something. More than that, somebody has got to pray something. Somebody has got to pray something and stand up. It may get you ostracized. It may get you ran out of town. It may get you booed and jeered among your so-called colleagues and contemporaries. But I'll tell you what else it'll do. It'll get you favor with heaven and favor with God and open doors. It'll let your children that have seen it covered up for decades say, finally, somebody loves us more than they love the institution, more than they love their position, more than they love their power, more than they love their money. Finally, somebody will say, you bunch of rich perverts, you can't be molesting little boys and keep your position. You can't be okay with it and nobody say anything. It's not right. The emperor has no clothes. My God, somebody say something. My God, somebody pray something. He said, I counsel you. He let me come back lest you think I'm crazy. He is speaking to the church. In Laodicea, it is the church. 
It is the church. It is the final church. It is, it is the churches dwelling together. One is the faithful church. One is slipping into apostasy. And rather than riding them off, God, Jesus himself is imploring them to buy of him fine gold. To come back to who he is. To come back. Listen, the good news is all over this house, all over the world, that he is still knocking, that he is still knocking, that he is still knocking. If anyone, if anyone, if anyone will hear it and open the door, he will come in. He will come in. He will come in. Listen, this pastor is going to open the door. This pastor is going to open the door. And he's going to say something and pray something and preach something. God help us. God help us. But come. Let anyone who thirsts come to the waters. And you who have no money, come and buy and eat. Yes, come and buy wine and milk. Yes, without money and without price. Why do you spend? Let me ask you this morning. Why do you continue to spend and to do what? Why do you spend money for what is not bread? You are hungry. There's people in this room that you've tried everything. You're spending everything, your time, your money, your resources on everything for what is not bread. What's he talking about? You are still hungry. Spiritually, you're starving. And you're trying everything but the bread of life. Come and buy. If you had no money, it's okay. It's paid for. For the wages, and for, your, and for your wages for what does not satisfy. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, God says, and eat what is good. And let your soul delight in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. Do you hear what he just said? Hear and your soul shall live. What did he say in Isaiah? Hear and your soul shall live. What did he say in the Revelation? Let anyone who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord says to the church. That's why I say, Mag Church, when you have needs, Put away your foolish pride and come and buy without price. What is, what, let him satisfy your soul. Let him heal your body. Let him separate you from your sin. Let him clean your life up. Let him heal your marriage. Why in the world would you sit in your seat whenever the heavens are open? Why would you do that? Every, you know why I come and say something? I'll tell you why I come and say something. It says because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshy. Listen, you're not going to win a political fight. I'm not going to win a political fight with Washington, with Austin, with Orange County, or with Springfield, or Beltway 8 home office. Not going to happen. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshy, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down 
of strongholds. Why did I come and say, why would you stay in your seat? It's either you don't believe or you're full of pride. That's it. Why would I say that? So I could be ugly? No, because strongholds must be pulled down. Strongholds, you're not hearing me. They don't just go away. A strongholds of religious oppression on this entire church and region are not going to go away until God's people pray, fast, get in the Word, and are willing to say the emperor has no clothes. Get dressed. No, it's not fire. And it's not powerful. When people go and come and they, they, they shout and cry and spit and fall and then they go out living the same life that they did. That was not power, that was emotion. That's religious jargon. That is invisible, fine fabric on display. All over this land, people, when they know their frauds, they'll prop them up, buy their books, send their church to their conferences, and wonder why their kids don't believe them. I counsel you to come and buy me fine gold and a white robe to clothe so I don't have to expose your nakedness. The call is to the church leadership and to the churches and to this church. So I don't, I don't want my nakedness exposed, Matt. I want to repent and preach what's right and to live in good character. Where my kids know and your kids know that I'm going to stand for truth and stand for what's right and that I'm never going to trade what's right for power, money, and popularity. Behold, stand with me all over this place. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone who hears me Come and let me in. Who's on that main camera in the back? Give me that main camera and zoom in where they can see the pores on my face. If you got it. Got it. There are people who are belong in this church. You claim to go to church here, but you never come. 
You're sick every Sunday, but you're well every Monday. You claim to love this fellowship, but you don't fellowship. You claim to be His, but you're running around playing games with God. Let me tell you, the emperor has no clothes. And he would counsel you to come and buy with gold a white robe to cover your nakedness so it doesn't have to be exposed. You're not fooling anybody. In fact, you're influencing people the wrong way and dragging them in the wrong direction. Repentance is a change of mind and direction. Change your mind. Repent. Get where you belong and live out loud for God. You may be watching right now. You may watch next week. Some of you might watch a year from now because who knows where you're at today. But he's still knocking on the door. And if you will hear him and open the door, he will open it and come in. I don't care what your background is. I don't care who hurt you. I don't even care if it was me that hurt you. Because it's not about me. It's about him. And it's about you getting to heaven. It's about you living right. It's about, if I hurt you, I'll apologize. But if you're just a rebellious hardhead, you need to get over yourself and repent of your pride and repent and get back where you belong. Every head's bowed and every eye is closed. We're going to pray for sinners, the lost in just a moment. We're not going to miss a service on that. But the the question, every head bowed and every eye closed. Who in this place would say, I'm guilty, pastor, of admiring the invisible fabric? And saying everything is good and keeping my mouth shut because I didn't want the ridicule of being thought a fool and an idiot. Are you there? And let me raise my hand first. Are you there? Over, all over, are you there? Are you there? Are you there? I would counsel you repent and come home. Look at me now, Mag Church. No more lukewarm. It's hot or cold. See, lukewarm is a mixture and God will not tolerate it. Lukewarm is I want everything of Him, but I want to live my own life. He's hot and this is cold. And He won't have it. It's all or nothing. Well, that's why, you know why, you know that's why they crucified Jesus? Everybody, God is love and He's love and the message is love and God is love. It's who He is. And he loved you so much that he died for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that you can live. And while you were yet a sinner, Christ died. God commended his own love towards us that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. The love of God is not the question. They didn't crucify Jesus for loving people. Do you know that Jesus was not crucified for loving people? Jesus was crucified for saying, I'm the only way. You're not getting to Father, but through me, I'm it. It's all or nothing. That's why you must repent. You must turn to God, and you must come through me. The law won't do it. The religious system won't do it. Your giving won't do it. Your good deeds won't do it. It's, it's hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, you make me want to vomit. That's why they crucified him.
But you know what? He made a way where there was no way. Heaven is sweet. Eternity is long. And hell is no joke. Hear me. Hell is no joke. And it's high time that somebody began to say across the place, the emperor has no clothes. It's time to speak up. And it's time to repent. All over this house, you can come to the front or wherever you're at. Once you reach your hands towards heaven. You know why the the Bible says it talks about lifting up your hands, holy hands without wrath. You know why? You know why believers raise their hands when they pray sometimes? It's the universal sign. It's the universal sign of surrender. We're saying, I, I know it's not much. So I'll, says, so I'll lift up my hands and praise you again and again. What we say, I know it's not much. If you don't have anything to offer, but just a hallelujah. And the thing about it is, he'll never ask for what you don't have. But he'll take it. Well, all over this place, would you raise your hands in universal surrender? And would you say all across this place, let my eyes be anointed so I can see. Well, all across this place, would you say, forgive me. We, that repentance is for, you need forgiveness. And I will turn from where I'm going and I will say something. Lord, I, wanna, I want it all. I hear you knocking. Lord, come in. Come in. Would you ask him, come in all over this house. Come in to my life. Come into my home, my family. Go with me to work. Come into my church. Come into this place. Lord, I surrender. I surrender. And Lord, I believe you. I'll live for you. All over this house, every voice in the house. If you're here today and you don't know and you don't know this Jesus, you've heard religion, you've heard things, maybe you've been in church all your life but you've never but you don't have any kind of relationship with God. It's just been fairy tale to you, but today he's dealing with your heart. Listen, words won't save you, but but pray it in faith. It'll change translate you from darkness to life. It'll change your world. All over this house, every voice, believers say, why do you have me pray? Because, we, because the people next to you need your support. There's strength in numbers, do you hear me? And they need, it's immediate fellowship. God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. A sinner, lost in need of a Savior. Today, I feel the Spirit of God. Today, I'm convicted of my sin. And today, I surrender my life. Today, I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, I believe in my heart that God raised Him from the dead. Wash me, cleanse me, renew me, 
Lord, I renounce my sin and my former life. Thank you for saving me. According to your word, when I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that you're alive and raised from the dead, that I'm saved. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. When you, why don't you give him a hand of praise this morning? Let me tell you something. The Word of God declares, the Word of God declares that, when, that all of heaven rejoices when one sinner comes home. Today is not the end of your relationship. It is the beginning. If you prayed in faith, you're a new creation. Based on the Word of God, not your feelings, not your family, the Word. And He wants to come in and renew you from top to bottom. Make Him Lord of your life today. Shake somebody's hand. Hug somebody's neck. Tell them that you love them in the presence of the Lord. Amen.